0: They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com upgrade.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Telalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
2: is the leader
0: it is 9:30 30 p.m central african time you coming to you live
2: from... it's been dominating the headlines in south africa the country's sabc network leading bulletins with the news that the oxford astrazeneca vaccine might not be as effective as hoped health minister dr swede imkiza says astrazeneca's vaccine only offers limited protection against mild disease uh, caused by the variant that has been discovered in south africa Discovered in South Africa, but found in the UK too. At least 147 cases of the more contagious version of coronavirus have been recorded so far. Surge testing is underway in hotspots, including three London boroughs. But experts like UCL's Oksana Pisa insist just because this particular vaccine isn't as effective as hoped against that strain... It doesn't mean it doesn't work at all.
0: Even with the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, we do see that it prevents severe disease. It may be less efficacious in mild and moderate cases, but where we start to really get concerned or, or, you know, the essential point of the vaccine is such that it prevents hospitalizations, complications and a greater burden on the healthcare systems, as well as uh, the increased mortality rate. So from that perspective, certainly anyone who uh, in the UK has received the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine uh, should be reassured that they will still have protection from severe disease, and and that is critical.
2: Still, with a vaccine rollout well underway, more than 12 million people have had one. Will the government have to rethink the strategy to defeat an ever evolving infection? Our political editor Joe Murphy's here. Joe, does this news about the Oxford AstraZeneca jab throw a spanner in the works?
3: It's definitely a problem. bit too soon to say if it's a spanner or a hurdle. At the moment, fingers crossed, it may be a hurdle, because while we can say categorically that against the South African variant, our Oxford vaccine uh, reduces spread not much, we are hopeful that it will stop deaths and hospitalisations. And if if it does those two things that'll be enough to make a massive difference.
2: The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, was speaking earlier today saying that he has no concerns.
1: We're very confident in all the vaccines that we're using and I think it's important for people to, to bear in mind that uh, all of them, uh, we think, are effective in delivering a high degree of protection against uh, serious illness and, and death, which is the the most important thing.
2: But is it possible, Joe, that with more than 12 million vaccines already done, people expecting a second dose, that some of us may need three doses of a coronavirus vaccine?
3: I think it's possible and possibly likely that all of us, the whole country will have to have three doses this year with um, the first two doses to get us immunised against the current strains, and then a booster jab in the autumn, towards Christmas maybe, for some of us, which would get us really bolted up against all the new variants that are coming out now and maybe coming out again in a few weeks' time. Um, And and that will probably apply to whatever you've had, because uh, at the end of the day, all vaccines will eventually become out of date as the virus mutates. And boosters will be good because we know that antibodies decline in the um, defences against this virus. They don't last forever.
2: Now, Joe, I do remember Emmanuel Macron coming out a few weeks ago and pouring some cold water over the enthusiasm for the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab. Were we perhaps a bit too quick to dismiss the opinions of the French Premier?
3: Well, I don't believe that uh, Emmanuel Macron had some brilliant scientific insight. I think this was uh, simply some uh, French uh, nationalistic sort of accusation designed probably to cover up the fact that their own vaccine rollout programme has been going at a snail's pace, even by EU standards. Uh, So I don't think that we can say that this is vindication for Monsieur Macron. As far as the government's concerned, the vaccine rollout continues apace, and And there's no reason to think that the Oxford vaccine um, is not going to be very effective for most people in most situations.
2: Now, there has been some good news on the coronavirus front in London. We know that deaths have halved and cases are down 80% since the new year. But we do still countrywide have this record death toll. What's interesting is that The Standard has done this exclusive poll with Ipsos Mori, which shows... The Britain would still rather have Boris Johnson over Keir Starmer leading the country through this pandemic. How has the Prime Minister managed to get that kind of support?
3: I think the, the reason why he has that level of support at the moment, it must be to do with the vaccine rollout. Huge um, support in the poll, for the way the vaccine rollout is being done, for getting hold of the vaccines and for the decision on how to prioritise its rollout. And whether whether it's that or something else, you find that people would like Boris Johnson to be in charge rather than Keir Starmer for the rest of the pandemic. And also the subsequent economic recovery, which is perhaps the more significant thing, because you do have some of the Labour front benches like Nick Thomas-Simmons, have been waxing lyrical about how what Labour should be trying to do is emulate the 1945 Attlee government. It wasn't in charge during World War II, it was part of a coalition, but when it came to the peace, the public trusted it with the revival of the economy and society the reconstruction, as it were. And that is something that this poll suggests is out of Labour's reach at the moment. There's also some other little danger signals for Keir Starmer. One is that he seemed to have improved Labour, but his profile isn't very high, and people are divided about whether or not he set out a compelling case to voters. And when you compare Labour's team with the Tory team, the public seem to think that Labour are more disunited, and they think that the Tory team may have better solutions. That's really not a great look, considering that this is not the most highly regarded Conservative front bench we've had in recent generations.
2: So, is this a problem for Keir Starmer, Joe, or is there a wider issue with Labour itself? Does it have a reputational problem that needs to be overcome?
3: It's certainly a problem for Keir Starmer because he's had a difficult week. He made a big mistake in Prime Minister's Questions. There have been a couple of weekend stories that the knives are being sharpened and one of his front-bench colleagues, Charlie Faulkner, got into trouble for saying COVID was a gift that keeps on giving to lawyers. And ultimately, Keir Starmer was brought in to do two things. One was to not be Jeremy Corbyn and the other was to try and unite the Labour Clans from and and unite the left wing part of the Labour clan with a slightly more modernising agenda. What he needs to do, though, is win power. Otherwise, Labour will soon and the unions will soon lose patience with him.
2: And that's the leader. Keep up with our daily news, analysis, and interviews by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast provider. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 pm.